Good evening. Please be aware that the following podcast is an emergency podcast, and as such, it may be of an inferior quality. Do not be alarmed. Good evening. Cause I'm a prick, I'm a dirty, I'm a child, I'm a fucker, I'm a sinner, I'm a fuck prick, fucking do to do. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, episode number nine, eight, ninety-eight. Two fat lady. Well, we've done a lot of these, haven't we? We've done a lot of bingo <laughs> references in our opening bits. Yes, if yes. that's what you mean. Yes, <laughs> a lot of the same jokes over and over again. And it's obviously, you know who we are by now. If you don't, you probably should listen to earlier episodes. And we're joined by Mr. Gavin Murphy via the power of satellites. I don't like this. Feels weird. Like, you sound weird as well because you're on a, a mobile telephone. He's like Rob yeah. Brydon doing his funny man in a box impression. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob. This ah, is just national a- treasure, Rob Brydon. He's really. If you're Welsh, that's it. If you're Welsh, you yeah. pricks. Um, yeah. Yes. So, uh, what an exciting time it is. What, why are you on a phone then, Gav? I've just started my new job in Brighton, so I'm down in Brighton. Um, Do the but, people. Uh, in Brighton who employ you know about you? Uh, I think so, because there was like an email sent round and everyone was like, oh, it's really nice uh, to like welcome you. And some people said, actually, some people said they were a fan of my videos. One person um, said that they were a fan of regular features, which was really good in a reply or on a company email. So I was like, well, okay, well, at least they know about me. About Everybody that. knows oh, about that's it now. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was quite cool. But no, it's awesome. It's just a really nice place. Everyone seems to like me. Um like I always think when you start a new job that it's going to be some kind of mean trick and uh, everyone's going to turn around and be like ha ah, nah it's a joke you haven't really got a job uh, we'll make you quit your other job for nothing you're back <laughs> where you were you're still in future Gav <laughs> imagine that they pull back the curtain and you're, you're still in the actual office in future and they've done a really elaborate thing where they've while you've been in the meeting room they've had the whole office on the back of a lorry and they've driven you back to London from Brighton Darren Brown me really elaborate Darren Brown show. Oh fuck! Don't say that. Actually, I I, I wouldn't mind because I quite like uh, I quite like working at Future when it was all sort of crumbling down because no one really well no one really cared what I did anyway. But no one really really didn't care what I did for the last couple of months. So yeah, cut to a point where you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, including yeah. making a video where you say I don't give a fuck at the end of it. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I was so hung over the other day, and it, well, you're just break, you're breaking up and warbling like a mad goldfish on a oh, on a fucking, on a live podcast. On a live podcast, <laughs> we can't fix this in edit, post, whatever. We can't, we can't. It's, it's warbly and garbled on this end. Oh no! Yeah, we'll just try and stay still. Just try and like, have you got a, have you got a, a tin foil kind of uh, antenna you could fashion? Uh, no. Just I've taken it, all my clothes off. Just get a yes. ro- yeah. Take all your clothes off. Get a roll of tinfoil and then kind of make the roll of tinfoil into a big squidgy kind of like a big snake. He's wi- he's miming wanking, wanking, yeah, wanking, like a big snake. And then you attach that. You put that in your mouth and stick it out a window, and you should get a better signal then. Have you done okay, that? I'm putting my dick out the window. My That's, dick is out the window. That'll do. That'll do. I mean, it won't work quite as well, but it'll do. Slam it. Slam the window on your dick until I'm the glass shatters, and you do an omen on your own dick. Do an omen. <laughs> so anyway, Gav, while you've still got your dick out the window and you've got the best uh, signal, do you want to do, do as your feature? Because you're going to 
read us something. We almost had to just have you read this out and put it in as a pre-recorded snippet, but that sets a dangerous precedent for the podcast, I feel. Yeah, I think so. I was going to do a, an, audio pod, an audio postcard from Nottingham, but instead I've spent 70 quid on cars, petrol and parking to get here. Uh, just to be here Ooh. in a two-man room. Oh, sorry. Sometimes I think I'm the only one who cares about this podcast. <laughs> Sometimes I think Where's Steve? Oh, that, that cretin, that do-nothing cretin, whom I love. He's taken all our green man gaming money and he's run us, yeah, hasn't he? He's <laughs> done a run over there. That 70 quid he made could have paid for my expenses today. <laughs> I don't know where Steve mm. is, but he's busy till 8 o'clock, which is a, a weird mm. amount of time to be busy till. He's yeah. busy with... I shouldn't wonder... An anus. <laughs> well, you shouldn't worry about those things, actually. He's neck deep in an anus. Jesus. <laughs> I hope he's brought the proper snorkeling cook. Classic. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not, I'm not going to read something out, but I'm just going to tell you just a little story about something that happened. And, I mean, feel free to jump in. You, like, you know, this is where you get to get your own back on me, because if you, if you interrupt me I can't do anything about it so. mm, this may be the time when we just stop your feature dead in the water and you get to save it for another time because the audio quality is actually appalling yeah it's, it's making you sound more retarded than you actually are Gav. yeah which is difficult <laughs> you think it would be algorithm. like too, too retarded do we have to like can we do like uh, can we kind of bring back the, the retard of, out can we bring back the spirit of like live by basically effectively like dipping Gav in the gunge tank now by just ending the call. Live. Killing his dreams. <laughs> Gav. Go. Have you got anything to say in your defence before we murder you? I'm just about to get my dick. No, right. So that's, that's Gav dead. We'll we never find out what happened to Gav's dick. Something bizarre. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Gav dead now. He dead, dead in more than one way. It almost it was nice to have him on briefly, but I do actually want to hear what that story was. Yes, um, um, me too. It sounded um, colossally interesting on, yeah. a, on a formidable level. Fortunately, it sounded colossally interesting and also colossally like a goldfish, which was a bad combination. Anyway, wow. it's just us now. We, 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 oh, we've, we've delved into emergency podcast uh, territory here, of course. Boop, boop, boop. But I guess we've got to get used to this. If Gav's going to be technically inadequate and Steve's going to be with his head up someone's arsehole. And it does actually prolong the distance until episode 100. If we are doing this as an emergency oh, podcast oh, yeah. now, because this is an official emergency, this is an emergency that they, to which the readers were privy. Yeah, I mean, we, they were there when we decided to drop Gav into the, the gunge. The emergency gunge. The emergency gunge. But it, does it have to be an emergency podcast? Because I've got a feature. I mean... well. We, We've both got features. We could call them um, could this reportable be the, incidents. Could this be the first ever legitimate two-man podcast without using the emergency moniker? That's the question. I think it's been too long since the last emergency, and I think we should sound the emergency klaxon now. Okay, I agree. <coughs> well, podcast emergency-fied. Well, now we're in the emergency podcast zone. Um, I, I guess I can I can talk to you about uh, my uh, my amusing incident. Which is just I'm trying to think of a word that isn't feature. Reportable incident. Reportable incident. Yes. My the, hello, welcome to my reportable incident. Very good, sir. Um, things that surprised me at Glastonbury. 
You've been to the Glastonbury Festival. I was, I was at the Glastonbury Festival last week. The Glastonbury Vestibule. It was good. Did you predominantly go with the music side of things, or did you spend about three days in the theatre field just gawping at things on acid? Uh, I... I did spend a lot of time in the theatre field, but unfortunately I wasn't gawping at things on acid, because, ah. which is a real shame, but you know, that's just the, the luck of the draws. Now, I went with my girlfriend and some of our friends, um, and it was nice, but it was different because I've never been to a music festival uh, with a partner before. Right, right. And it was quite different um, for reasons that I found. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was different, especially because my other half wasn't feeling well at all for a lot of it. She was really ill. Which meant I spent a lot of time just sort of telling her she was a real dragon. You don't know why you ever do anything with her. (laughs) (laughs) No, just spent a lot of time kind of not really, not, I didn't really get very drunk for a lot of it. I didn't really like do a lot of crazy stuff because she wasn't really in the mood for that. But actually, I kind of enjoy pottering about in the cabaret tent and just sitting around looking at things and watching, saw some quite funny magicians and comedy acts and things. And it was nice. I, for one, could. Go without seeing Metallica. I've heard their albums. I'm sure they're very good. I didn't see Metallica. A lot of people say they're brilliant, in fact. <laughs> Some but, uh, but I mean, I, if I was there, I'd just be thinking, hmm, they look quite old. I think I'm going to check what people are saying on Twitter about these guys. Because <laughs> like, I'm sure it's really bitchy. I'm sure it's... It, how can it possibly be more bitchy than the oh. Rolling Stones? No, I watched, <laughs> I, I watched Brian Ferry instead. Oh, okay. He's equally old, but kind of brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm all for old people. And I feel like I've got one foot in that particular pie. Don't be silly, Log. That's what middle age is, Matt. I, I'm nothing if not middle age. <laughs> That's true. I'm, I'm juvenile, but that doesn't stop my biological age. <laughs> <laughs> no, I suppose there's truth to that. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was good. As I said, I did get into a run-in at one point. There were, there were, there were two run-ins that I had um, during the festival to do with the fact that I was there as a couple. The first one was when we arrived, I kind of, I didn't. I didn't, but I felt like at one point I was going to explode based on the fact that... Uh, you were smuggling, what, heroin in your gut? No, no, no. Um, although actually when I did go in, they, they, their drug checks were amazingly lax. They clearly just didn't care. Like, it was brilliant. They were just like... They, were, they... were there people wearing drug-shaped hats with, with little <laughs> doors in them for easy access to the drugs within? <laughs> no, it's like they chose to check me and the only thing I was carrying was clearly a tent. And like they didn't even check anyone who had a backpack or anything. They just well, they, they sure they did, but when they checked our group, they checked me with a tent. How thorough was the tent check? Was it like he basically what's that? just unzipped it and had a look in the top and said, "Have you got any knives or any drugs?" And I went, "Nope." And they went, "Any ecstasy? Any cannabis? Any of those things? We don't like those things." I know what drugs are. <laughs> and I was like, "No, I don't have any." And he's like, "Okay." He kind of he did give me a little like <laughs> okay. frisk. Have as a well. brilliant weekend on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like judging by the, the the quantity of drugs being flagrantly used, you know, they clearly. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of part of the not the appeal, but one of the things I do like about Glastonbury is it has a very light police coverage, really, considering the number of people there, and they clearly just sort of think it's all right. Well, I mean, I've just taken a personal license exam, and I, for one, know now in a way that I never knew before, that drugs are bad and I've got a zero-tolerance policy towards them because I have to have one, otherwise I'll be subject to a £20,000 fine and six months in prison. I think that's the thing. Is it's, <laughs> it's, What you've said is absolutely true, and I agree with that. They are bad, but I think from a festival But if you'd asked me the same thing a week ago, I'd have gone, drugs are ace. <laughs> this week, I cannot tolerate them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking can't stand them, mate. <laughs> no, I, I just think, I thought, I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and it just felt to me like the... Um, um, 
the policy they have, it's clearly not an official one, but it works really well just because it's not to do with drugs themselves. It's more to do with the overall atmosphere and who you attract. Because it's almost like by ensuring that people don't all get their drugs taken off them when they're coming into the festival, it means there isn't as much of a market for dealers. Yeah, yeah. Because people basically, mostly, if they want, if they want drugs, they get drugs before they go. And then it means you don't have nasty drug dealers in the festival because whilst you will make some money as a drug dealer, it's not, you won't make as much money as you would Just if, knowing that if you, most people have bought what they want. Yeah. Maybe on the last day, the drug dealers will realise that people have probably thought, I've got loads of drugs, I'm going to take them all, and then they'll be left dry on the last day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the... The Saturday yeah. is the drug dealers sort of like. But I kind of, I kind of feel like it, it helps cut down on unsavory, unsavory oh, yeah. types because yeah, yeah it, it's kind of nice. But um, but yeah, um, there was when we first arrived. Yeah, I was setting up a tent, and my girlfriend was trying to tell me how to set up a tent, and I think she realised that this, there this is, sounds like a classic sixties comedy scene. I don't think she realised that, that there there are a couple of things in my mind that you don't that women can't. Do. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, no. I'm. A, I know. <laughs> I know. I was leading you down a road there. <laughs> you were, you were. I knew as soon as you said 60s comedy, I was like, no. And then there were all these black people doing stupid things. Oh, that was ridiculous. The noise they make with their oh, gullets. I honestly don't know. Um, no, basically, it wasn't to do with the fact that she couldn't put up tents. It was the fact that she was she was kept telling me how to, like, and it's one of those things where it's just like, no, I kind of, I didn't say it, but... A, putting up tents is quite stressful. It's quite a stressful thing to do. Yes. You get stressed, especially if you've been walking and carrying stuff for hours and hours. But you don't tell a man how to put up a tent. It's like, it's regardless of how inept he may appear to be at putting up a tent, there are some things that you just shouldn't, like, tell a man. It's it's killer. It's like, it'd be like trying to tell a man how to start a barbecue or a fire. Like, just leave us alone to do it, even if we're bad at it. Well, no, that's the same thing. Like, it's, it's not even men. It's me in the kitchen cooking and if Stuart walks in and says oh you're putting in the onions in now then I was like oh my confidence in every action I've made so far will be undermined I'll assume I'm doing everything wrong in his eyes even though I'm sure that it won't ruin the fucking fried re- onion recipe I'm making it's just fried onions it's like but no I just um I don't know. It just I, I get my skin prickles and I lash out. And yeah, I, that's I say it. I say hurtful things. I didn't. I, I bit my tongue. It was it was difficult because it was basically the fact that it was like I was actually I was doing it properly, and the voice she kept giving was really wrong. <laughs> she kept like, oh god, that's yeah. She kept saying, "Oh, we need to do this," and I'm like, "No, no." Oh, she goes, "Oh, these poles go here," and it's like I kept thinking, "No, they don't. They don't." And um, yeah, well, so how did you deal with that? Did you say, "Well, let's just try it this way first, and if it works, you can eat your fucking words"? <laughs> no, it's just like I don't think those poles are tall enough to go there. No, I think they, they, I think they're for this. And then we stopped, and I waited, and she looked, and then went, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But it was just this thing of the. I don't know. It's one of these things where I guess it's a weird jarring thing in my brain. The fact that it's like I'm, I'm all for equality, and I, I'm all for like kind of trying to knock down. <laughs> That's um, big of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for human rights. <laughs> I'm all for human rights, but no, no, that's, that's that's like an incredibly high level. I'm not racist, but yeah, yeah. I'm all for human rights. But I do think I should be able to send people down a diamond mine without any insurance. Yeah, as long as it's not me. I'm. I'm just. I just. Everyone's rights should be subject to my whim. I, mean, I just feel like until, I'm a kind of dictator. Until we have kind of which may never happen, but until we have sort of gradually moved towards having a world in which gender stereotyping isn't so prevalent. There are things that are deemed to be manly things, which 
as men, often men take pleasure in being quite good at them. And I'm not good at most of these things. I'm, I'm really shit at them. And so the simple things that are deemed to be a bit of a blokey thing that I am good at, I take quite a lot of pride in being good at those things. Because well, that's because you're a prisoner of the patriarchy too, Matt. I am, precisely. We're all prisoners <laughs> in the same fucking prison. <laughs> but yeah, putting up tents is something I do. I think I've put up a lot of tents in my time and I pride myself on being able to get the bits out of a tent, whatever kind of tent, and just know how to put it up because, yeah. Yeah, in the same way I can, I can know how to work I any got, I got stereo. a tent last week and I got my bits straight out. And I had a wank, because tent is called an erection in your trousers. That's true. There you go. So that was that was kind of like, you know, that was a bit. But then there was a second bit when I, uh, I don't know how you, people feel about this, but we were watching Arcade Fire, right? And we, we'd gone to meet everyone to watch Arcade Fire. And we had about 10, 10 of us there. And we were waiting for like one other guy to come. And we were still in a really good position. We were quite far back, but we stood just in front of one of the, the main kind of speakers that... Because they have the good thing about the main stage is they have like way like two tiers of speakers. So if you get to a certain distance where the when you get to a certain distance, basically the audio because of the it, air, go, it goes uphill as well, doesn't it? It does go uphill. Yeah. yeah. So it means that not only have you got the distance from the speakers, you've also got probably slight reflections off the ground. Yeah. And off the people, and just generally, you also if it's any wind, even a subtle breeze, that's going to distort the audio quite a lot as well over a distance. So we were stood in a good spot on the second wave of speakers, so very close to really good sound, really really sounded great. And then um, in our group, one of the people we were waiting for turned up and somebody spotted them, right? And they went, oh, they're over there, they're over there. And instead of going and getting them and bringing them back, everyone ran over because everyone was a bit drunk and having fun. And then we ended up basically stood just to the left of this big speaker. So basically not in a position where the speakers we were currently listening to could be heard by us because they were going behind us slightly. Right. And then we were basically in a position where we were quite far away from the stage and also in a position where we were as far away as we could be from the speakers. And I was there thinking, this sounds shit. Suddenly it's like the audio gone from sounding amazing to sounding really bad. And so I was trying to, but the problem is I was trying to get the group and being like, hey guys, should we go back? Should we go back to where we were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, no, it's, it's fine here. Like, we're all here. We're all here. Did you try to explain to them in the same sort of, like, eloquent terms you were uh, here? I kind of just went, I kind of went, oh, yeah, but it's, it sounds a bit shit here. Like, it sounded really good where we were before. Like, but it was literally, the, the distance was only about 15 feet, right? Right, So it was like, right. and there was plenty of room where we'd been as well. It wasn't like we'd have to struggle through a crowd. We'd just literally have to move 15 feet. And so in my mind, I was like, we just moved 15 feet and it will be better, like so much better. But nobody else, everyone was like, oh no, it's fine here. We're all here. We're all together. It's fine. We're having fun. And it was like, how many of you were there? There was about 12 of us. And, and but the thing was, because I wasn't, if they were my friends, I would just say, listen guys, sorry, we're fucking doing this. But because they're not people I knew as well, I don't really feel comfortable asserting myself in that way. Like, you, just, you should just pull away and say, look, you're clearly idiots. You don't understand <laughs> fucking sound. Come with me or I'll think less of you. Well, it's just and like, if that isn't motive enough for you to move, then maybe I don't want you to be my friends. Well, I'm just, I basically, I kind of realised, I thought, okay, I tried to explain to a couple of people, I tried to explain to my girlfriend, I said, we should go back, we should go over there, like, we should go back over there. And now we find everyone, let's go back over there, because it sounds way better. And Matt, then I, I basically realised... What are you stressing about, Matt? It's yeah. nice here. Precisely. And then it was basically the thing I've kind of thought, you know what, I'm not going to get stressed about this, and I'm not going to, like, kick up a fuss about this, but... I am an audiophile, and this is a band I've wanted to see live for 10 years, and I want to see them, and I want it to be good. So I I just said, 
all right, guys, no worries. I'm just going to go over there then. And I think, but the problem was then I think like my girlfriend was quite upset because it, I think people thought I was being stubborn and being like, well, I'm going to go and stand over there on my own. No, no, as long as you do it in a good voice. And, oh, it's all right. You don't mind if I just stand over there because the sound's really better over there. That's fine. I'll be, I'll be back in a sec. Yeah, that's it. I, I was kind of like, oh, I was like, I'll, I'll wave I tried, every five I like, seconds. I was like, guys, guys, can we, please? And then and I was like, I just went, all right, fuck it. Well, I'm going to go over there for a bit anyway because it will sound really, I really want to hear it. And I think, yeah, it was one of those awkward things where it kind of seemed like I was doing it in sort of stubborn way. But I wasn't. I was over there having a whale of a time, dancing around. It sounded amazing. I was just dancing with strangers and having a brilliant time. And, and her friends were saying, is he only ever happy when he's 12 feet away from you? That's the thing, yeah. And he got, he got, well, I don't know if they were saying that, but yeah, she got quite upset. And I think, I think, I think everyone, no one got it. I think everyone thought it was quite weird and thought I was being somehow standoffish. Um, but as long as you, if you explained yourself well, it shouldn't be a problem. If you went, oh, fuck it, I'm going over there anyway, then maybe you are uh, an it was, Well, it, was, it wasn't that. It wasn't like angry, but it was like, it was just like, oh, I really, I'm going to do this then. I'm going to do it. Sorry, guys, I'm going to go. Like, I, I tried my best to convince people and realized I wasn't going to and thought, I, I don't want to push this any harder because I'm going to start being a dick. So I, I just thought, I'm just going to go enjoy it. I would have stood dancing next to them going, oh, this is good, isn't it? And then slowly the, closed your eyes and sort of like danced sideways into the nice zone. But in the end, because <laughs> I realised that my girlfriend was quite upset and I realised I was, I, they, they all thought I was, well, I don't know if they all thought, but people clearly thought it was a bit odd because they were all a lot more drunk than I was, I think, as well. Um, I ended up going back to them and dancing around with them. And it was it was quite fun. But it was, it was killing me, the fact that I knew it sounded like shit. Um, but this is the thing is it made me realize an interesting thing in the fact that I've, I like, I always tend to go to gigs and festivals with other people, but it made me realize that actually it was that weird thing of the fact that for, for those guys and for my girlfriend, that the, the, the key thing about this experience of being at a festival and seeing this band was that you were all there with your friends having a lovely time. But I'm thinking, whereas for me, there's got to be ways in which this could easily be resolved. It's 12 feet. Could you not have got taken your girlfriend and said, come on, listen to it over here. It's amazing. Just, just for five seconds. I'll come straight back after. Come on, listen. Yeah, no, I, I, I tried that. I tried. I mean, I was like, and she stood there rooted to the spot. No, I will not do as you say, man. You always get your own way. (laughs) No, no, no. I think it was, I think it's just because I'm an audiophile, right? Um, And the fact that it's like, that is a term synonymous with cunt in many ways. I know it is, right? I know, but that's just, I've, I've just become a cunt over the years. It's not my fault. It just, it's happened. You, um, you didn't resist the cunt as it overcame No, it's, it slid. It was a sliding thing. It really was. I think it's through with spending it's like, so much it's time. It's like slowly boiling a frog. Yes. It's, it's like slowly adding cunt. Yes. To, By the time you, I realised I was a cunt. You, it was too late. Was you were boiled alive in your own frog. cunt juices. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, I, th- I think a lot of it comes down from doing video editing, really. In fact, that like I've just sort of ended up like listening to audio a lot and working out how to make audio sound better and I've become a real asshole about sound quality. Well, through that, because I bought nice speakers and nice headphones, I, I, yeah, I got really into audio and it now makes me annoyed if I, like, if I'm listening and it doesn't sound good. It, like, I can't deal with it. I think 64 kilobits a second is enough. <laughs> well, you're going to murder you in your sleep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, that was uh, awkward. That was a difficult one because it was like, Oh yeah, it was like, why can't we all just be together and be friends? It's like, yeah, I kind of realised actually when I'm at a gig, it's quite a solitary thing in a weird way. I like to connect to the music and yeah, that makes me sound like even more a wanker. I like, I like to look every 10 or 15 seconds to the person I'm with going, should I be enjoying this bit? Is this a good <laughs> bit? I, I think, I think my, my favourite partner for going to gigs with is uh, my mate Evesy, actually, my mate Chris, who I used to live with, because we used to go to festivals and so many gigs together. And we always had the thing, we'd go to gigs and stuff, but then regularly we just lose each other at the gigs because one person wants to go and dance, one person wants to... Yeah, yeah. And it was just, that was just fine. 
Um, but I found it a bit alien. I've never really been at a festival like that with a big group of people where like the fun and the enjoyment is deemed to be like dancing with other people and stuff. And it's like, I do like those things, but I... So they were at a cricket match and you were at a football match, basically. I don't know. So you were, you were shouting at the ref and they were just sort of hanging around drinking. Well, it was like a live disco, I guess. Because, you know, I like, I like it when you stand around and dance with your mates and stuff. But for me, that's what you do at, like, when you're listening to music, not listening, like, what, not watching a performance, in a way. But, um, huh. yeah. It was, it, was, it, was, it was awkward, but it was fun. Yeah, that went on for ages. That wasn't even my feature. Was it um, not? No, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I apologise. I can only apologise. Well, it was a reportable instance, if nothing else. It was indeed. Well, the things that surprised me at Glassman, anyway, was Dolly Parton made me cry. Hey! Uh, which was brilliant. Was it Jolene, or was it Graham Linehan's cruel tweet about her face? <laughs> I didn't see that, because I was in a field. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he, he, upset, he annoyed the feminists by Did saying he? she's fucked her face up, and then there was a big <sighs> thing like... Was she act? Did she really make her own decisions when she's been force-fed false ideas of beauty her whole life? I mean, yeah, she's been nothing but fucking acknowledging about who she is yeah, and what she's and what done. She is, yeah. So, as in, that's the first time I've thought of the. Well, it's not the first time I thought, "Fuck you, Graham Linehan." It was. <laughs> it was, but it was one time. Another time, I it thought, was one "You're not all, You're not as cool as everyone." <laughs> No, <laughs> as, 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 you're not as cool as I thought ten years ago. No, no, I think I think I've realised that over the years as well. Um, but yeah, it was the coat of many colours. She was singing about how her mum made her a jacket out of old bits of rags, and they didn't have much money, and everyone thought she looked weird in her, her coat made of rags. But oh, she's she been loved telling it. that story for fucking fifty I know years. She has. I know she has because <laughs> she tells it before she sings a song. But I'd never heard it before um, because I've not really followed Dolly Parton uh, in any meaningful way, and I started tearing up, got a bit sad. Which was nice. Um, the other thing that surprised me was how little there is to do for the first few days. There's this weird thing, right? Did uh, you go Wednesday to Sunday or something? Yeah, right. yeah. But it's a weird thing I noticed this year. The first time I went to Glastonbury was about four years ago, and that was the last time I went as well. Um, and I loved it because it was just, it's like a fucking weird city where you can wander about and mm. it's got so many different things going on. And also, it's not like. It's not branded. I mean, they don't. They don't. They're not allowed to have like logos on stuff. They cover up logos. Cool. Um, to a degree that's almost like weird at times. But then also have like a lot of the old festival is still there. Like a lot of the greenfield stuff, all the hippie stuff mm. is still there, and it's still just like you imagine it was. I like, I like the fact they do that because although I do think hippies are a lot of assholes generally, they are well-meaning assholes. Precisely. Like, I mean, it's a kind of a weird thing in the fact that you've got next to the green fields, which is all of the traditional hippie shit made out of wood and wicker. You've got... Dream um, catchers. Yeah, nah, bit of that. Yeah, not too much though, actually. To be honest though, actually, I spent a lot of time in the green fields and there's some lovely people and it is just like a nice little community. You can tell they come every year and they've got nice cafes and... They right. weren't assholes. No, fair uh, point. Even the Greenpeace area was was quite good, even if their practices and ideologies are fucking mental. Um, yeah. But right next to this, you had... I don't know enough to comment, but it, <laughs> it sounds plausible. Uh, anyway, um, that's, next to that, next bit across, you've got like Shangri-La and all of like the, the modern stuff, which is basically like that. It's like a mini city that's been built for all-night partying, basically, full of like tiny clubs and little things and basically it's open all day but it doesn't really switch on it doesn't really kind of come to life until about 11 o'clock at night midnight and then it runs like all night right right and it's just 
the level of craftsmanship in that stuff, because they've clearly got loads of like modern, like cool architects and designers to basically sculpt these incredible like buildings and fake locations. And, and it's just like, it's so fucking good. It's like, you look at it and like, even when you're just sober, you walk into these places and go, whoa, like one bit was just like a fucking Aztec zone. It was like a fucking Inca temple and lighting and waterfalls. And it's so brilliantly done. With physical challenges. <laughs> I wish, I oh, wish. Man. But no, I think actually there was like one of the places you could queue up to get into was like this circular um, like Aztec bit where they have a giant like Aztec god mouth and performers come out of the mouth and do stuff. And it's mental. Wow. It's real. I mean, this is the thing is a lot of people um, look at Glastonbury and go, oh, what's the fuck? Nah, fuck off. Because it's not what you think it is. Like what you see on telly is just the pyramid stage. And frankly, that's like the least interesting thing about the Yeah, festival. I remember spending a lot of time in like, is it Circus Fit? I'm talking about 10 years ago, March yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That was the bit that interested me most because I, as much as I like music, it's nice to have in the background. Yeah. I don't get that much pleasure of even watching bands I like. Well, I, I do, but yeah, I, it's exhausting and those areas are really busy and that's why I like those areas as well. But yeah, they've had the theatre and circus stuff is sort of expanded a bit, but it's mainly this whole nightlife area has just come in the past 10 years, I think. Mm. And they're really ramping up at the moment because it's like they're trying to, you know, well, it's the times, you know, a lot, a lot of people now it's like are into like, you know, electronic music and partying all night and stuff. It's, yeah. They're really accommodating to that. But it's incredible stuff. There's one bar which was like in Shangri-La where you, it was a massive queue and then we realized that you could get in immediately um, if you had a tattoo. There were some people like, it was a tattoo bar. And like, it meant you show them your tattoo and you can go straight in. But if you don't have a tattoo, you have to queue up and pay a pound and they'll give you a transfer tattoo for a pound. Yeah, I know. But it's like you're not allowed in without a tattoo. Oh, I, my, my tattoo voucher's expired officially. Oh, what? You didn't do it? What? I was going to get a regular features tattoo. We spoke about it and you said you wanted to change yours because you didn't think it looked like you Why anymore. Why didn't you chase me then? I didn't want to. Oh, you should have done. That's dumb. Ah, oh. I didn't want to because I might have ended up getting a tattoo. <laughs> you managed to get out of it, you bastard. Well, no, I got out of it, but it's your fault. No, it's not it's my fault. Fucking you, clearly your you fault. Cannot. You said you didn't want me to do it. You cannot blame me for that when you didn't even once say, oh, have you done that? Like, okay, oh, I said, okay, well, get back to me when you've decided what exactly you want representing you stenciled onto you my body permanently, Matt. You can't take a, thro- a fairly throwaway comment from me and you know, no, I'm refusing to take any responsibility for that. That's that's all on you. Oh, wow. I can see how your girlfriend gets annoyed with you, the way you behave. <laughs> you scumbag. <laughs> you scumbag. Um, but yeah, like um, the, the problem is when you first go there, it's amazing because there's all this stuff to explore and look at. And even just looking at the sets of the places that come to life at night is just incredible. Or during the day. Yeah. When you yeah. first arrive, because the problem is when you arrive on the Wednesday, nothing's open. Like a couple of the basic bars are open, but all the fun bars, all the interesting bars, they're all closed. Still being built, most of them. And the first time you go, that's fine because you're just in awe of this place and then the scale of it. It takes hours to just walk around to look at it and it's fucking exciting. But this time it wasn't because so much of the stuff there, so much of the appeal is like that the stuff is static. Like you get the same bars, the same locations and they add stuff but they don't change a lot of it. A lot of it is like, stays the same. From year to year, you mean? Mm. Okay, so you'd seen all of it before then, this year? Yeah, like, so the, there wasn't the thrill of exploration because I'd seen a lot of the stuff before. Right, right. There was some stuff I hadn't from because they changed some things in four years. But there's also this horrible thing about the fact that because people go on the Wednesday morning to camp, um, people get there really early on the Wednesday because you can get there as you can go in on the Wednesday morning. But now it's become this this arms race where because you can 
getting there first thing on Wednesday morning. It's not just like a couple of early birds get there and set up camp. It's everybody arrives. Trying to get the best pitch. pitch. Everyone arrives at like six o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. You have to queue for hours. And then by midday on Wednesday, most of the place was full, right? So you've got a festival that is pretty much full of people by midday on Wednesday. With nothing to do. There's nothing to do apart from drink. Like there's all the activities and all the things that make Glastonbury amazing don't start until... Thursday evening, and then you get a few live acts and a few things open, but really don't. And start some prick with a guitar. I bet it was you, wasn't it? Did you get your guitar out and I know, play? Of course, I didn't get my play, play the Mexican regular features jingle over and over <laughs> the again. The only thing. <laughs> the only thing I can play. Oh, that would have been good if someone from like ten tenths down went regular features. <laughs> that would that would be amazing. Oh, but it's the funny thing was that was the only thing to do on the Wednesday was there's a big hill that you can sit on. Right, and then you can see the rest of the, you can see the festival, but it just yeah. ended up with like everybody sitting on this big hill. What? That's, that's getting limited. What? Just looking at people below them, thinking, "Well, I'm certainly quite high up right now." I don't know. It just, it just, it was just hilarious because it took a while to get around because of these so many people like walking, swarming, just going towards, and it was like it just amazed me because it was this like really weirdly human thing of like there's nothing to do. And because you can see there are people on the hill, people go, oh, there's there's that. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) Because people have nothing to do. And so they just swarm towards a location that seemed to have people in it. And it was just mental that people seemed content that thousands of people were coming. And the the only activity that was happening there was a hill. And I love the idea that if you said to people, I've said to these adults outside of Glastonbury, if you said, oh, you know, what, what are you doing tonight? Do you fancy, uh, fancy coming and sitting on a hill? They go, well, what are we going to do on the hill? I was like, it might be a pint. There'll be loads of other people there. Yeah, just sit on the hill. Yeah. People are like, well, can't, what are we going to do on the hill? I'm not, we're just going to sit on the hill. Don't know, Glastonbury, no, anything could happen <laughs> on that hill. It was mostly just uh, a bunch of chavs doing, uh, not, doing laughing gas balloons. Really? Yeah. Well, they were having a wonderful time, to be honest. But making a real mess as well. I didn't have any Ooh. problem with it, apart from the fact that those little metal canisters, they do leave a mess. Well, I think if you look at the pictures of Glastonbury on the, during the clean-up, I think a little canister of laughing gas isn't the biggest No, problem, but... You're all a plague on that countryside, you disgusting middle-class wannabe <laughs> hippies. No, they do. They, they're, little, they're little tiny metal canisters that get pushed into... They're not going to biodegrade, you know? I was quite good no, at No, they'll that. get picked up by a student at the end of the day. That's fine. That's true. That's true. Anyway, um, oh God, is your feature? Oh, all right, I'll have you started it, it yet? Yes. Hey, next, next reportable incident, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't started yet. <laughs> My feature is actually about uh, when I got back from Glenna. <laughs> you'll get to it in a little bit. No, um, th- this is the bit you'll like. This is the bit you'll like. Right? Hey. We we went to a bar um, called the Piano Bar on one night, and because we'd heard about it, my girlfriend really wanted to go to it because she heard about it, and it was this secret little bar, right? So you had to go. To like the edge of the festival and the whole area was really dark it wasn't lit really it was like it looked like nothing and then there was basically this queue and we were only about 20 feet away from the front of the queue but we were in the queue for an hour like it took an hour to move 20 feet and it's because there's this tiny bar that's actually kind of dug into the ground and it's all just made of fucking like timber woods how far is it dug into the ground I mean, are like, you getting served by a head just coming out of the ground no like the, the roof is like kind of uh, like well not roof it's like kind of material cover like it's like a weird wooden tent but a lot of it is underground a lot of it is dug in oh. so you're actually sitting on like uh, 
it's like stepped. It's like a mini kind of... What happens if when they pack up and leave at the end of it, a cow falls into that? <laughs> I don't know. We like Minecraft or There's something. A, there is a degree of like not understanding like... Because they were still making it on the Friday when we went to try... And, first we had to find the place. I'm like, okay, it's here. We'll come back to it another time. But they were still making it. They were still building it on the Friday. It's like, fucking hell. Like, it's kind of weird where you know that tomorrow night you might be drinking a bar that just isn't made yet. And it really looked like that. I mean, when we got in there, it was the most ramshackle, weird place in the world. But um, it was incredible because it was so well hidden, the fact that the way you came out of it, there were these three portaloos and they weren't actually portaloos. They were doors that got you out of the, the bar. And to get into the bar, you had to like go into this tiny hole and crawl through a little thing. So it, you wouldn't know there was a bar there. You'd just see a queue and be like, why are so many people queuing here? Like, what are they queuing for? Oh, I like that. It's amazing. That's like a... In Nottingham, a new bar has opened... Well, I don't know how new it is. It's new to me. I found out about it this weekend. And it's, there's, there's just someone sort of a counter in a, in a room that's lined with boilers. As in, like, just right. gas boilers. And it's, it's called the boiler room, but you just go in there and the person will sort of, like, take it down and sort of... Through the door is a little holding area. And then you sort of, like a featureless holding area and through another door is a massive bar that serves wicked cocktails. Oh, awesome. So, but, so it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's just cool for cool's sake. Yeah. But it's cool, that's the kind of cool that I can actually enjoy. Yeah, no, I like that. And a lot of Glastonbury stuff is like that, is hidden bars and hidden things. Because and- you worry about when you say something that's, something I think is like genuinely, oh, that's a nice idea. Well done, everyone. Then you just think, oh no, I'm saying it now and someone's going to say hipster, aren't they? Someone in this room is going to call me a hipster for enjoying that. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I like the subterfuge. Ideas. I Stop calling everything hipsters. At one point, um, it was because it was really muddy and we were really fucking tired from just walking around the mud and there weren't really anywhere, wasn't really anywhere to sit um, or like lie down unless you went back to your tent. But there was one point where we were just buying a pint in like a tent near the circus field or whatever we're just buying a pint and then um, my girlfriend knows that little tiny door next to the thing that just was slightly ajar and it didn't look like a door you could go through it looked like a kind of staff mm. door but Emma saw someone come out of there and she was just like what's that and then she just basically walked over to have a look and then she was like motioning me over come over here come over here like after I got the points quite quickly and I was like alright all right. went through and there was like this secret little cocktail bar that had leather sofas so we just went and there was no one in there so we were just we were just sitting Absolutely knackered, fed up of sitting on like hard ground or shit wooden benches. And we were just chilling out on leather sofas. And it was like, right. the thing that I love about it is in most places, that would be a thing that you could go into, but you'd have to pay to get into. Mm. But they, they seem to make a real effort at Glastonbury to ensure that you might have to queue for something if it's really popular, but everything is pretty much free. Right, like, right. There's not, you don't really get that cynical sense of being like, oh, should we do that? And be like, no, nah, there's no point. It'll be like 30 quid, you know. Well, it's, it's like, like, it's like the, the, a kind of toned down version of the Burning Man thing where everything, yeah. you just you just trade services. You offer a service for free and you can presume that every other service you can receive is free, isn't it? Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never been to Burning Man, but... but you just feel sounds wrong. Sounds like you can get wanked off and out, which is, to me, <laughs> it's a bonus. It's a bonus, just take loads of turnips. How many yeah. turnips do you want? I'll give you two turnips. <laughs> <laughs> now, line up, lads. I've given me turnip away. I've got loads of wanks coming to me this week. But this bar was exclusively run and seemingly built by a crew of extremely mad Irishmen um, who were like really Irish. I don't know where from Ireland they were from, but they all looked like people who could easily murder me if they wanted to and all spoke in a 
in a well, with a tone fragile. that was, we could all easily murder each. They were great that. though because they were <laughs> fucking. They were they were really good guys, and I had a good chat with some of them. And but they were like they were really scary looking men, but they were great. Is it, oh, did you get that glimmer of light when they? Even a sort of a, a small signal of approval from a dangerous man makes you feel really good about yourself. <laughs> Slightly. I was just quite pleased that I that the, felt like I'd no longer had to f- felt like I had to feel intimidated. This is like, yeah. oh, okay. You're- it's the same sort of, I hate the feeling I get when it's sort of like, it, I know it's a horrible thing for someone to say, but I like it still despite myself is when someone homophobic says, not you though, you're all right. <laughs> I know, you're despicable, I hate your feelings, but I'm so glad that you can see I'm the best gay in the world. (laughs) It's more for me just being able to get over that, that, of being like, okay, these people look like they're really dangerous people, and they act like they're really dangerous people, and then just being like, hey, they're not, it was just me being afraid of strangers, and everything's fine now. Afraid of strangers? Or racist? <laughs> Not racist. It wasn't through the fact they were Irish. It was very much what they looked like. They were really like, like scary looking dudes. You know, intense eyes, big guys. You know, like quite like I, they had a look about them that, like, if you saw them wandering around outside your house at night, you'd be really worried. Like, oh, did I? Take, I, I had a racism incident on the uh, in the McDonald's on the way to your house tonight. Did I was you picking up some chicken selects for my? Well, for, for, for my stomach lining amounts to stop me going ditzy during the podcast, I was in the queue with my headphones on. I heard someone getting cross behind me, took my headphones off to listen to what was going on. And it was a woman going, this queuing system's fucking stupid. It's fucking typical English shit. And I turned around and raised my eyebrows and made a camp little face. <laughs> and she went... She went, she touched me up and went, I'm not being racist, love. And I went, it's all right. I don't think racism works in that direction. <laughs> and, and I was like, <laughs> and like, I was expecting suddenly the fear hit me. I thought she could easily have gone, are you going to tell me how racism works? <laughs> and she, she didn't. Luckily, she wasn't in that argumentative of a mood. She just instantly sort of like smiled and went, oh, you're, you're not an arsehole. Cool. You're not, you're not going to, <laughs> you're not going to be a white man who accuses black people of reverse racism because oh god because <laughs> really what's yeah. the point yeah uh, uh, to be that white guy to Jesus. be that guy yeah um, but yeah so in the, by the end of it we were just having a nice chat so she said something about because it was three tills serving and the, all the white idiots yeah they'd formed a single <laughs> queue right that is typical fucking yeah. crackers yeah but as she was just saying like it slows the process down yeah. And I was thinking, no, it doesn't, because people are no, still... No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, people, you're right. What it does, I wanted to say, is it removes the injustice of one queue moving faster than the other. Yeah, which is a good so, thing. So, to my mind, I wasn't going to argue with about that. I was going to say, yeah, it doesn't really slow it down, though, because everyone's still getting served, aren't they? And she went, yeah, that's true, but... And I realised she was floundering, so I went... Yeah, but it doesn't stop people getting agitated, does it? And she went, exactly, that's what you was forgetting. And I was like, oh, brilliant, you're my friend. I'll just put, with... <laughs> I'm arguing with myself here on your behalf. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I felt like you needed some rope. And so I've just given you some, and now you're continuing to hang me with it. So uh, yeah, by the end of it, we just sort of like, yeah. Oh, the best nice. lovely little incident that made me walk down the street thinking, I am socially competent. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. And London isn't all racist. No. Which is nice. But yeah, but this, <laughs> with this um, this bar, like the thing about it that was crazy was I think this is why it had to be dug into the ground was that it didn't have any electricity. The entire bar was run 
like we thought we just went want to lie there and be like this incredible pneumatic power thing with a god air balloon and no no it was, <laughs> it was all like lit by candles and lanterns like all lit by lanterns and it was well reasonably well lit as well like you kind of think oh there's no light bulbs here mental also the fact that all of the acts because they had a little stage all of the acts were acoustic so when I first walked into this bar it was fucking weird because I was like kind of going through this little low tunnel to get into the bar and I could see like people i could see the bottom half of people and i knew there was loads of people in this room but it was deadly silent and i was like what the fuck is going on like it's weird yeah and then i got in and realized there was a, a live act of these two girls singing this very gentle song and everyone was just silently watching oh wow it's kind of beautiful as the night got on there were some real fucking wankers who came in and then started like chondling away about oh yeah, 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 trying to chat up girls loudly and it was like mate oh, shut the oh, fuck up I actually, my girlfriend at one point had to kind of grab me a bit because I was getting quite close to just like really having a go at a guy. Because I just literally was trying to chat with this girl next to me. I said, sorry, mate. Because uh, somebody went, shh. And then he went, shh, like louder in that hilarious way oh, that loud whoa, people do. Wow. At which point, because he was about two feet away from me, I just turned to him and snapped and said, sorry, mate, but actually, can you please shut the fuck up? And then just sort of carried on watching myself. And he was like... Oh, somebody did it. And I just went, not being funny, mate. Like, you are being really fucking loud. You're really fucking annoying. And you're really pissing off everyone here. So do us a favor and just shut the fuck up. And that was something you actually said. Yes. Oh, good, marvelous. Um, good, 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 marvelous. And then that kind of like, it didn't shut him up. But did you get the round of applause? I didn't. No. Oh, damn it. But That's I did, what you want. But I did have, I mean, I didn't say it. It, it was loud. It wasn't so quiet that people, everyone could hear me say that. But there were people nearby to me were very much like kind of go grinning like <laughs> goblins because they were just like, oh, somebody shut up the terrible man. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend was sat behind me rather than next to me. So was she, your girlfriend flinching? She was. I think she was. I couldn't see her. But I think if she'd been sat next to me, she would have been grabbing me and going. Because she knows I've got a tendency to do this. I, I, I try not to. But if somebody is being a really bad person and making an experience worse for everyone else there... I do not tolerate that. I went to see the Radiophonic Workshop in Rough Trade, I believe it was, and they were there was one man who was telling his friend all about every instrument they were playing really loudly. So going, and you could tell he was doing it more for the benefit of everyone, so everyone knew what. Yeah. But he was explaining what a fucking theremin was, as though like people don't know. <laughs> we've all got the internet, mate. Yeah, we've all watched Ed Wood. It's just like no, as I, I oh my, I wish I'd had that in me to. Yeah. say something quite spectacular like that but I instead just... I just looked around at him and did a disbelieving face but he probably thought I was going wow that's a really cool fact I can't believe you know what a theremin is <laughs> well, this, was, I, this guy I had been glaring at him for a while and it was just I just snapped at one point it didn't shut him up though he then just proceeded to stand a bit further away and bitch to his mate about that who's that that dick that dick and he just I, after about five minutes of this I just turned to him and just leaned down and was just like mate can you just Grow the fuck up. Like, this isn't an issue. Like, you don't need to bitch about me. You just need to fucking shut the fuck up. Because the thing was, all the acts were acoustic. So there were people playing live on the stage who were just, was just a guy playing an acoustic guitar and singing without a microphone. And it's like, if everyone doesn't shut up, it's just so rude. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like that is somebody who is singing as loudly as they can so we can hear it. And if you start talking loudly over it, it's like, fuck off. But anyway, um, the thing I want to tell you about this place, which was kiss? amazing. Well, we didn't kiss. Okay, carry on. What's the but thing you, you will want? love this. Oh my God, we're just getting to the thing I love. Yes, yes. The thing you'll love about it. And we've this. been talking for 50 minutes, Matt. I know, right? It's been a hell of a build-up. Now it's time for Matt's non-regular feature. Here's something Log will love. 
they had, in addition to having a pipe that you could speak through that went from the bar over to the other end so they could speak to the barman across the room by yeah. basically talking to a pipe, they had a thing at one point where the performers on the stage said, shouted to the bar, let's have a drink from the dog's dick. <laughs> right, now and, we're talking. And they had, and I wonder this what this was. has got the three things I like in it. Yep. They'd had, um, and I wonder what it was, they had a soft toy like a big soft toy, like life-size soft toy of a dog hanging above the stage. Not like hanging from his neck in a morbid way, but just sort of flopping, hanging. And I thought, that's weird. In a harness more than a... He was just sort of attached to the ceiling a bit, but hanging around a bit. And then I realised that when they, they grabbed this dog, what they'd done, right, was they got some traditional rubber tubing, like the kind of pinky orange stuff, and they run it right from the bar, obviously across the room, and then through the inside of the stuffed toy dog uh-huh. and made it come out of the stuffed toy dog dog's, as if it's a dog's dick. dick. And then they would just basically, the guy at the bar would do something, presumably involving pouring, and then vodka would come out of the dog's dick above them and they would just, they would just stand there, open their mouth, and vodka would squirt out of the dog's dick into their mouth. But hang on, that... Was the dog moving? Or are you basically pouring a bottle of vodka into one greedy person's mouth? Uh, well, no. Does the dog move around? Well, no. They they would stand. They would stand below it, and they would like a bit of dog's dick would come out, and then somebody else would do it. How far do above you is the dog's dick? Eh, uh, probably only about. Are you actually oraling the dick? Not quite. No, it was about. It was about a foot away. Um, but I just, I, I just thought the idea of having having a thing where you can get a shot of a shot of vodka served straight into your mouth through a, a dog's dick. Well, I'm sorry to tell you this, but that is against. The, the licensing act. <laughs> if I told you this a week ago, you would have loved it. And now... I'm not allowed to do a promotion whereby I walk around the pub delivering drinks directly into a customer's mouth. It's just not a licensable activity. Is it not? No. Is this what... And I'm, for one, I'm telling on Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were also... The only thing they sold at, sold at the bar was something in a shop that I didn't know what it was, and they were offering free pickled eggs when you bought them, and that was all you could get was a strange little shot. So I, I'm not sure how legal a bar it was, really. Well, but um, I thought you might enjoy that. If I, only I would have enjoyed it if it was legal, Matt. Ah, oh, I don't like New Log. He's so <laughs> down with the kids and the law. Why don't you call the police on me? Did you have a drink from the dog's dick, Matt? No, I didn't. It wasn't for us. It was then just, there's no need. I think we can just, leave the police out of this one. It was just for the performers, so maybe that's how they got around it. Oh, it's just for the performers. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was just focused on one area of the audience. Well, no, it was above the stage, so it was oh. above the stage in the rafters. I, was, I thought cause just someone would bully their way to directly under the dog's dick and then just go, ah, it's mine, all mine. No, it was sort of a, it was sort of a way of giving the performers on the stage a drink now, and I, also I understand. as a bit of performance. Yes, it had all that. It was good, though. It was good. I, I just, because I, I was like, oh, my God, they're drinking vodka from a dog's dick. And I just liked the, the phrase, give us a drink from the dog's dick. I mm. thought, did he just say that? And thought, yes, he did. I wonder how the, the, the ensuing events will make sense of that bizarre sentence. Oh, it's literally true. It's that's literally true. what's happening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, that's about it. I was, gonna, I was also, uh, weirdly, I was camping right next to Matt King, who from T3, who's a, a guy we know. Yes. Yeah. He was bizarre. I was like, that's Matt King. I was like, yeah, he is. So he was camping about five feet away from us. Um, which Did was you just... coordinate this? No, no. It was just, wait, I just saw him setting up his tent. And I was like, hang on a minute. I know that guy. But uh, yeah, um, one of the guys he was with, um, I can't remember his name because I was fucking drunk all weekend. But uh, he told me two amazing stories, but it, we've got on for quite a long time. So I, I might don't, save them no, for the time. 
your 50 minutes feature was supposed to be two things you liked about I know, it. If right? you tell me two funny stories, it's going to go on until midnight. I'm really sorry. I've just completely taken up the entire <laughs> podcast with, uh, with that. Well, it's fine. I'll talk about my life that I've been living next week. Tell me, about, tell me about your life now. Do you really want to know? You've got a sadness in your eyes that makes me think, <laughs> no. Well, I've got a new life. It's um, basically consumed with admin. Things like trying to set up a business bank account. And you'd be surprised how picky they are about letting you open a bank account when you've literally just moved into a building and you have no proof that you live there. Mm. You'd, am I, I, what is with you, banks? Banks are dicks. Why do you want proof of my identity and address? I don't, I don't get what's your beef with me. They won't let me do all sorts of things, <laughs> banks. They won't let me have a credit card. Why not? No, most of the time not. They might let me have one now, but I doubt it. I mean, I've got like, you know, being A, not having much money, and B, having a weird job. Like, I think it was hard enough when I was a journalist. It's just uh, like, oh, we're not giving you one of them. You're a journalist. You don't earn any money. And now it's like, now I just figure I'll come to a point where it's like, what's your occupation? I'm like, uh... And they'll be like, fuck off, mate. You're not having one of them. It's... I suppose it's safe enough for me to say this now because this won't be going out until Thursday. But at the minute, because I've tried to start a bank account and they they went through the process of starting it and closing down my old bank account doing the trick thing. But in the meantime, they said, we can't do it because actually that piece of ID you gave us, which was my dad's ID and um, therefore me lying to a bank because I was panicking (laughs) about trying to open a bank account. (laughs) But we're we're both JL Blythe's. It's fine. That makes us legally the same person in the eyes of the bank. (laughs) They, They suddenly rejected that. And then, so now I've got no bank accounts that I can put money into and I'm trading as a pub. So I'm getting a backlog of cash, which I want to be using to paying bills. Oh God! I can't anything. I'm just all I can do is just rub it all over my body and hope that somehow <laughs> adds it to an account somewhere. It does add it to my account. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's lovely. Having it adds it to this, the wank bank. It's ah. I should have come up with that earlier. It's lovely having that amount of money, but it, I also have put it into piles as to where it's going. And I've also realised that at the end of the week, I've got. 50 quid that's for me. Oh, no. That's, that, that is not a good rate of pay. <laughs> my, new, my new life is not going to be one where I am moneyed. No. It's also going to be one where, like, as someone who entered the games industry to avoid responsibility, to have some job where, like, nothing he says matters. And, like, uh. what's the worst that can happen? I can overscore or underscore a game or write a a preview that's slightly too positive or unjustly negative. Now, I can get fucking... The government are put you in jail. employing people to try and trip me up so they can charge me 20 fucking grand. The everything, it's a, it's a maze of traps and trips. And like, oh, I don't know. You've got I, the worst of both worlds. I have got less money than I was getting as a journalist, which is a notoriously underpaid profession. And now I've got so many legal obligations. It's just fucking ridiculous. Wow. It's early days though, isn't but, it? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it because I enjoy the pub life. But I just, I'd forgotten that I was going to be the designated premises supervisor. Yeah. Which is almost taking this because they call them DPSs. And that's like deliberately rubbing it in my head that that's a double page spread in magazine. All damage per second. Yeah. These are all gaming and magazine terms that you're rubbing in my face with your new, <laughs> with my legal obligations now. I don't but yeah. On the upside though, I did take one call that was a business call. Right. And while I was on that on my mobile, 
someone else called me on the landline and said, he's on another line at the moment. And I felt like the biggest businessman in the world. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Being on a business call while someone from business tries to call you. Yeah, that's happened to me before. Fuck you. But not for a long time. And that wasn't enjoyable business. That was just like, that was because I was just doing way too much stuff and not getting, that was in a similar position of doing way too much stuff and not really getting paid for it. No, oh, right. But, uh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm having fun now. I'm just, just trying to keep up with my own accounting and accounts and stuff because I've never been self-employed before. No. And it's really good being self-employed, but I am, I'm kind of so terrified of having to eventually do all of the tax returns and stuff mm. like that that I'm trying to get ahead of it. I went through, I decided, I went, when I first went freelance in 2008, I realized that I'd bought all the stationery for sort of like being, keeping accounts. Yeah. And I found my initial attempts to keep accounts and basically, I've just put loads of unopened envelopes in a massive plastic <laughs> case. Yeah, so I've, got, I, I've got a Google Drive doc that I'm filling in with things. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I'm not keeping a lot of the, I'm keeping like receipts I need to, but that's why I've really, it's it's not helping the fact that I just do all of my shopping online now because it means I, I don't have to worry about keeping the receipts because they'll always be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, if someone goes, when do you buy this? I'll just be like, oh, hang on, let me log into my Amazon. Like, <laughs> it's like, but I, I'm not very good at it. I, I bought a fucking lined had a pen and paper so I can do a to-do list from WH Smith and then it was like not until I was five feet out of the door when I realised I'd said no I don't need a receipt and it's like you do need a receipt yeah you just spent five pounds you could have put that five pound fifty against your taxes you prick absolutely I mean not, that's it I've know. got I've, my wallet is only taken up receipts I'm spending so much on things like pads because I think every pad is going to be the one that saves my life <laughs> <laughs> and also the nicest thing maybe I would say about this is like from the games industry when I was the legitimate oldest person in my field. Like I'd go, everyone on my level was, my boss was five years younger than me. Oh, hello, Jonty. Dismiss you. And uh, all, everyone else sat opposite me 10, 15 years younger. Now I am far and away the youngest person in that pub. <laughs> <laughs> the spring chicken. Hey, yeah, I'm a breath of fresh air rather than the stagnant fart that, that keeps making bum jokes. To, it'll in be an effort off. to seem young. It'll all be kicking off at some point, though, won't it? Oh no, they, that's I'm overstating the case. It's a nice mix of people. It's a lovely pub. I just worry, I don't, worry I don't, about your log. I don't want to undersell the niceness of the pub, and if you are in Nottingham, you should come. Right. You've got it set up to a degree that you had. Because I know for a while you were like, I'm not telling people what the name is because you wanted to make sure you were like... I wanted to make sure I was there. Just yes. so people, if people popped in, they could say hello. But at the minute, the first time I went home before I actually moved home properly, on, I I phoned my mum to say, I'm on my way home, just to have a look at the pub, say hello to people, and sort of talk about what they can do on the rotors. Right. Yeah, that kind of, that's how legitimately business-like I am now. Making rotors, mate. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if you've ever made a rotor. Have you made a rotor? I've made a rotor. Yeah, of course i made rotors. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Matt. No, I haven't made a rotor. I, I haven't made a rotor. I haven't actually, yeah. That's one, thing, one of the few things I've never done is I've never actually been in control of other people. Ooh, don't lie. No, I'm not actually, no, I, I'm rubbish at it. I got really excited about that prospect, actually, when I uh, when I was at Video Game and we hired um, Chris Bratt. Yeah. I had, but when I was working in PR, I had some amazing bosses who were so good at like teaching me and making me really good and spending the time away from their work and they still got a lot of work done but they would spend time to then sit down with me and make sure I properly like got really good and they were so good and I, I was so inspired by them that I wanted to do the same thing and I found I was really really shit at it yeah <laughs> like I mean I'm, I'm just I'm so in my own head that um yeah I, I wasn't a very good 
manager. Oh, fair enough. I mean, that was this was my attempt to be a good manager by consulting with them what they could do. But on the by after I the second I'd sort of phoned my mum to say I was coming back, I got this um, sheepish phone call saying, um, "I wasn't going to tell you this because I didn't want to worry you, but um, about the extension we're putting on the back, there's been a setback. Um, they knocked down the wall, and it went through the floor." So um, we've discovered a network of caves and we've got to stop until uh, the civil, civil engineer comes around. Basically, we've got fucking a network of caves. <laughs> Mate, you can run that pub from video games where you go in and someone no, gives you, there's rats in the cellar and you've got to go in and there's a cave and there's a giant rat. We could just have nightmare in there. But yeah. Sadly, it wasn't anything that could be sort of explored or dug out because like there was a building that had been sort of like knocked down in the oh, area right. where we were building our extension and they'd let the rubble fall in. So it was like just what I, my initial thought was: this could be awesome. I could have like a cave, a wine cellar, or something like that. Yeah, I could have my own fucking cave. Yeah, um, I can imagine you in a cave. Yeah, I, I could imagine me in a cave in a good way. Just like, standing at the bottom of a little dark shaft, beckoning people. I'm in. thinking more like you're one of the bosses at the end of a Skyrim cave, like in a, on a very nice like throne with some candles, maybe. Or something. Oh yeah, next to a chest. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. <laughs> And a book with some law in it. And and a, a secret passage, which only opens from one way, which I think, frankly, is a design fault. Well, yes, because... It's great if you want to, like... Secret passages should be accessible from both sides. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing about, about the fucking... And this is a side note, but here's the thing about fucking Skyrim secret passages. You could only open them from the end of the thing, and it would get you back to the entrance immediately, right? Yeah. But you couldn't go from the entrance and get to the end... Right, which which means right. The only purpose of having one of these things is an escape. <laughs> right, the only purpose of having one of these and having one of these built is that you can quickly escape. Yeah, and yet no one, no matter how almost killed or clearly about to be killed they are that you meet in that game, ever tries to escape. Nice. Why? I do, what I do, the fuck is that about? I do like it when people pick apart gameplay things that have been inserted for their convenience because they complain if they weren't there and say, oh, but this doesn't make sense when they'd be complaining if it wasn't there. I just would have liked it. All they would have had to do is just at one point in the game have somebody leg it off and try and get away and have you like doing a bit of Benny Hill chasing them across Skyrim going, come back, you dickhead, I've got to kill you. That yeah. would have been okay, great. That would have been, okay, that would... Bethesda, are you listening to that? Yeah, that you fucking slipped up, mate. I'm not. I'm not going to be that cunt. You only oh. have to do one thing to make the Elder Scrolls Six work for Matt. Yeah, and it's that. Okay? Frankly, I thought it was shit. Yeah, reprehensible secret passage behaviours. Fuck you. How am I supposed to get involved with <laughs> fuck something you, like that? Softworks. Yeah, fuck. Fucked a lot of you. Why can't you just do one thing for me? Christ. Oh, and one last thing. Mm-hmm. It's not about the pub. I am a match for Anthony Nolan. It's a follow-up feature. Oh, I have yeah. got to I have got to give my stem cells to some luckless fucker <laughs> who's gonna get all my blood in them. All my stem cells in them. That's hardcore, man. Yeah, they're gonna grow a me-shaped appendage. Wow. Are they actually? Or well, they with any look. Wow. With any look, my face will appear on their bell ends <laughs> so that their urethra is my mouth. Can you, and, can and, I'll, you, and I'll sing to them as they sleep. That should be part of the agreement. You get to some branding. Like, if you're going to use my DNA, I want I want adequate branding so people know when they see that human that it was made with my DNA. I know I'm not allowed... Dear Anthony Nolan, I know I'm not allowed to know the identity of my donee, but if you could just send them this regular features T-shirt, <laughs> I'd greatly appreciate it. That would it. be great. <laughs> and they do have to wear it once a month. <laughs> and also, the process of the 
after the injection, oh. I have to have one injection a day for five days. Yeah. But the process of draining my blood and then returning it back into me is a five-hour process, which I thought would be enough for a few episodes of telly on the iPad, <sighs> and also to record an episode of regular features, maybe. Jesus. Yeah, you'll be well loopy when you haven't got any blood, did you? Live from the life-saving podcast. Oh, it might have to be a, a literally emergency guest, I suppose. Well, um, maybe. We'll I mean, I could invite Stuart, because he's the one who's most... <laughs> he's the most emotionally person. close. Yes. Or I could invite my podcast buddies <laughs> and record All like, three of them. I guess it depends whether or not you're allowed recording equipment in that sort of place. I just could say we could do it on a phone or an iPad, couldn't we? They wouldn't know. If they, they let, they, she told me to bring in an iPad to watch it. Oh, that's fine then. I mean, they wouldn't be able to identify our banter as being a podcast anyway, would they? They just think no, they, we were particularly. Those, those guys have some banter. Yeah, those guys are hot on it straight away. <laughs> For for forty five approximately forty five minutes, their conversation has been fairly tight. Yeah, and um, I wanted to leave a gap after that just to <laughs> make a mockery of your tight conversation. <laughs> um, but I'm really squeamish, so that could work, or it could. Uh, I could. Well, if you want to watch blood pumping out of my arm Ugh. through a machine that filters stem cells out of it, see that sounds like the opposite of what I want to watch. Can I watch something on your iPad? <laughs> yes. <laughs> while, <laughs> while you do it. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll be able to clear that with the nurses. Yeah. And well, if, if not, I'll just say, well, you don't want me to withdraw my consent at the last minute, do you? <laughs> You've really got their balls in a vice. I like no, it. You don't want him to die, do you? I'm gonna, that- I'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I laughing with genuine glee at that? I'm a bad person. Let us do a podcast. Let us do it. <laughs> Let us do it or we'll kill him. <laughs> we'll make sure he's dead one way or another. <laughs> Like whenever a new donor gets found, they mysteriously disappear. Oh, beautiful! That. Yeah, that's that's that is that is evil. That is genuinely evil. Well, I thought I would do anything for this podcast. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> oh, girl, this is turning into an episode of Black Mirror. Um, well, hopefully we'll do that then. Yeah, hopefully live life saving podcast. Well, live in the. It's not going. You're not all invited as well. And we've got provisional plans for a hundred, but we won't talk about them yet. We'll talk about them next time. Yes, and luckily those provisional plans for a hundred have been postponed because this yes, is emergency this podcast number four. This is emergency podcast four. Fantastic, and it's quite long. And I'm not sure I can build to edit it. So we'll see how that goes down. Well, put a little warning at the front saying this is an emergency podcast. Might be prone to as meandering. Such, as Matt such. might go on a bit. Yes, without without reaching a point in I time. Need, I need four <laughs> eyes glaring at me. To sell me to shut up. Two just doesn't cut it. I'm too kind. I had no one else to show off to but telling you to shut up. With me and you, <sighs> I haven't got Steve sort of glancing desperately saying, are you going to tell him or shall I? <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Oh, well. Well, thank you for listening to Emergency Podcast number four. Thank you. It's been an emergency and you've been there. You were there and Gab was there. Goodbye. Bye-bye.